You're listening to the Home Staging Show podcast. I'm your host Nilin. This is a show where we talk about all things real estate, home staging, and selling your home to live and to sell. Welcome back to season twelve. This is episode six. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Home Staging Show, and happy December! I cannot believe it's December already, and I hope everyone's had a great Thanksgiving last week. And thank you for those of you who joined us for our Black Friday event. I'm super excited to dive into our new accelerator program, and our first mentorship session will start next Monday. And I cannot wait to see those of you who have joined us. Me and my new student coach John, we're going to go through your home staging business plans, and we're also going to look at how we can create personalized action plans for each one of you who are in the accelerator program. So it's super, super exciting for us. And if you have missed the enrollment for our accelerator program this time, not to worry, we'll be opening up more spots soon. So do stay tuned for that. And today we have Carrie Reed on our show to talk about staging vacation rental homes like Airbnb. And I think this has been a really great compliment and a great niche for home stagers to get into. We're definitely seeing more hybrid business models nowadays, and Carrie is also the winner of our International Home Staging Awards this year in the Best Vacation Home category. And you will find out exactly why during this episode. Carrie is amazing, and she's basically has staging vacation homes down to a science. And as the owner of Elite Design and Home Staging, Carrie has helped real estate professionals, home sellers, investors, and short-term rental owners to create unforgettable first impressions. That move clients from curious to committed. Having traveled to over 55 countries, she's established an award-winning, unparalleled aesthetic that combines timeless design elements with innovative notes that create dimensionality and intrigue at first glance. Prior to her success as an interior decorator and home staging professional, Carrie worked as an entertainer. Choreographer, costume designer, and set designer for more than twenty years. It was during this time she developed her unique and broad understanding of balance, texture, tone, and color. After a long and fruitful career on the road, she decided to take the leap and enroll in the interior design program to pursue her passion to becoming an interior designer. She labels herself as a perfectionist, and it's a title that fits when you view her finished product. When client asks that a property or room convey a specific feeling or mood. She works tirelessly to ensure their vision comes to life in a way that not only meets but exceeds expectations. She understands that staging and design involves a delicate balance between art, psychology, and functionality, and each decision she makes follows an intuitive flow that purposefully marries each of those aspects beautifully. Her work of creating inviting spaces that resonate with anyone who enters speaks for itself through a long list of satisfied clients and homeowners. So let's start the show and see what Carrie has to say about staging Airbnbs. Carrie, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's really nice to have you, and congratulations on your win for Home Staging Award. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, and so before we start, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and also your company and what market are you serving right now? Sure. So my name is Carrie Reed, and I'm the owner of Elite Interiors. It's a design and home staging company here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I'm servicing the greater Pittsburgh area, Cranberry, Wexford, Pittsburgh. That's very cool. And then, so what is the real estate market like in your neighborhood? Oh my goodness!、Uh, right now, we're in a seller's market. It's、yeah. super, super active. 
a lot of the properties are actually lasting less than five days on the market. And most often they're competing offers. I'm seeing a trend right now of about five to 10% over list. That's amazing. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So COVID really hasn't slowed the market down. I think there's a couple of variables. There are a couple of factors. Uh, Definitely the interest rates are low. People are scrambling to buy right now. And there's just not a lot available here. And and what is sitting in the market is, is sitting on the market because it's not properly marketed. So because the homes are selling really fast, do you ever get resistance from the agent saying that, well, the market is doing so well right now, so we don't need staging? I do. I'm yeah. seeing a lot of that right now. So I'm kind of pivoting a little bit with the market and with the changes. But you know, I always remind people that even in a seller's market, really, there's always homes to stage. There's always homes that aren't doing well. And, and if they're sitting on the market, then those are the ones that we want to go after. So consultation is big right now. Especially with a lot of areas still have lockdown restrictions. I think consultation online also is becoming very popular. Right. So what kind of home staging services do you provide? I offer a whole gamut of staging, obviously vacant. And right now I'm doing, like I said, a lot of consultation stuff. I prefer short-term rental. That's my niche market. And I really enjoy that. But I do all staging. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about that since that's the category that you want. So what got you into staging short-term rental? So it started when I was traveling and I travel a lot. I was in a corporate position for several years and staging was really a hobby for me more than it was a business. I had a full-time job and I was staging on the side, but I traveled to train doctors on the use of stem cell therapies. So I was all over the country and all over the world, really. So I would stay in Airbnbs and I would stay in short-term rentals. I learned that a lot of people were doing short-term rental for money. You know, they weren't really doing it for hospitality. And so with that, I came home and I decided that I wanted to have a short-term rental, but I was going to do it right. (laughs) So I started my own short-term rental first. And when I saw how successful that was and all of the work that went into creating this beautiful space that would earn five-star reviews, I started opening more. And pretty soon, people started asking me how to do it. And that's how I kind of moved into that market. That's great. So let's talk about your process a little bit. So when you first see a place, like a short-term rental space, like what is your process like? What is the timeline like as well? How do you work with clients and all that good stuff? There's a lot of variables. Location is key. From the very start, the first thing is always a consultation. That's with any staging. You know, we go in and we do a full walkthrough. We look at the exterior. We look at the interior. We look at the location. We also look at who's going to be staying in this Airbnb. Is it close to children's activities like the Children's Museum or the Science Center? Or is it families? Or is it going to be guys coming in for a football game? Is it next to the stadiums? And so once I figure that out, I can really hone in on how we're going to make it more enjoyable, more livable for the guest. So it starts with a consultation. We'll walk through all of those things. I really get to learn what the host is looking to achieve, what their goal is, who they're trying to attract. That's really important as well. And then from there, I start to map out a plan for them. 
for, for example, if it's for families, you know, there's so many things that people will forget when they're planning their space. So I have a, a working list that I go by that I've learned that's tried and true and, and works. And um, it can launch a short-term rental or a vacation rental much quicker than, say, the host could do that on their own. Yeah. So I think that is a main differentiator because you've been doing it consistently. Whereas a host, they probably just one, maybe or two properties they're doing. So they don't really have the workflow nailed. And that's why they want to hire a stager who consistently stage vacation home rentals. Right. Right. And there is a lot of expertise that goes into it. And I think that a lot of people jump into the short-term rental market or the vacation market and they really don't understand the complexity of it. It's not just, you know, throw in a bed and and a TV and some dishes and you're off. It's a very psychological and very strategic planning for a space like that because you have to really know who's going to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Because the space needs to be very inviting, obviously, but people also need to live there. So it's not like you set up the bed and it looks nice and it's done. Like, right. you have to think about usability, like how can we find comfort, comfort right. but also durable, you know? Like most homes, bedding at Airbnbs, or it's just like hotel, they get washed constantly. So how comprehensive is your whole package? Do you come to the owner and say, hey, I can actually source everything for you, make the purchase and project manage and also do seasonal changes? Like how intense do you get involved in the whole process? That depends on what the client's looking for. And I always tell new hosts, let me help you with a full package because I offer different packages. If it's an existing vacation home and they really just need a refresh, they're not doing so great. Maybe their listing is burned out a little bit. I can go in and do a refresh for them. And they usually have some good ideas on their own or they have that some of the experience of the marketing of that. But for new hosts, they just have no idea. So I offer a full package where I literally will go in, assess exactly what they need, who their target is, who their guests are going to be, and then source everything for them. And I'll do everything from picking their linens and purchasing as well. So all their sourcing, their linens, their beddings, their towels, their accessories, their amenities, even uh, right down to coffee, blow dryers, curling irons, just anything that we're going to put in there that's going to make their stay more enjoyable and more comfortable. It's really the details. It's always so nice if you walk into a new space and they put chocolate on your pillows or a little bottle of wine or what really annoys me because I always book an Airbnb with a kitchen because I'd like to buy local food and cook. And what really annoys me is like, it's a fully equipped kitchen, but there's no cooking oil or spices, you know, like there's not salt pepper and you get home, you're like, oh shoot, I have to go out and buy all this stuff. Sometimes it's kind of a bummer. And it's interesting that people don't think of those little things, especially with, it's a lot going on when you're first starting out. And a lot of people won't remember those details. So we have a working list and we make sure that when they start, when they launch, they have every single thing that they're going to need. And all of our units are exactly that. It's a little different with COVID right now because of the cleaning protocols. There is an advanced cleaning protocol in place and they're advising that less is more right now. But I think if you have a good crew and you have a good cleaning crew, you should probably have the basics in there still. Yeah. You know, you should still be offering that. 
Yeah, I think cleanliness is really a concern for Airbnb or vacation home renters. One of the worst thing is like, we know it's not a hotel. So it's, it, you're not expecting super duper clean. But the thing is, if you walk in, like let's say you went to the bathroom and you see someone else's hair in the sink, immediately, oh, do they not clean properly? Or you find someone else's hair in your bed, you're just like... You know, stuff like that. It's the little details that really make it or break it, I feel like. Yeah, that should never happen. And and interestingly enough, enough that's the perception. But most short-term rental homes, at least I know for mine, if you go to look at the reviews, that's the number one review I have is cleanliness. Because to me, because it's a small space or because it's personal space, we'll say, as opposed to a hotel, my expectation for a cleaner is I expect it to be twice as clean as a hotel. I want everything done. And I have a working list for them as well. And with hair, we just advise and I tell all the hosts when they start out with their staging as well. The supplies that you're supplying, I have my cleaners roll everything. So after stuff comes out of the dryer and they're putting the beds together and they're setting the beds, they're rolling them for hair, for lint, for anything. So cleanliness to me is on the top of the list. That's amazing. Yeah, I think Airbnb or vacation rental homes is run a gamut. You know, you really definitely have people who just like, ah, this is good enough. A friend of mine has all these horror stories. When I was traveling a lot, actually, I always have a toilet paper roll in my luggage. It's because sometimes Airbnb hosts, they don't provide toilet paper. And then you would show up, you're in the middle of nowhere. You're like, uh, so then we always, I always have a toilet paper roll in my luggage. It's like, wow. But it's as a frequent traveler, you just never know. It used, it used to be different in Europe. So in 2017, I went to Sorrento and Bari and we rented Airbnbs along the way and they didn't even provide linens. You literally had to rent the linens on top of it. It was very strange, but I think Airbnb and, and some of the rental platforms have changed that stipulation now so that you are providing those amenities. Those should be included in every stay for sure. Yeah, it's a bit like a youth hostel, you know, like the first thing you go is rent the towel. It's a really annoying process, I find. One of the other things that, you know, that reminds me of really is just the list, again, of things that people forget and the things that um, new hosts don't think to put into their spaces, you know, the extras, those little staging items that really make the space stable or enjoyable. So, for example, you know, your paper towels and your, that's all part of the staging process. We make sure they have tea towels and all of those things. So it's a more intense staging than, you know, a regular staging for real estate. It sounds like you have a very good system. It sounds like you have checklists for everything. You're working with your team as well. Like It sounds like you have cleaning crew and all that, all that personnel they need kind of constantly be able to just check out things, make sure they're not forgetting anything. Yeah. And how different is it to work with a short-term rental client than regular residential homeowner? They're actually easier. (laughs) I know that sounds sounds strange, but they're actually a little bit easier to work with. The biggest challenge that I find is getting them to understand the initial investment. But I've learned how to show them their return on investment. And when you can show them that If they come out of the gate and they're prepared and they have invested, let's say five, we'll we'll use a hypothetical of $5,000, which is, you know, a really good staging budget for everything. If they 
if they've invested $5,000, they can typically make that money back in 12 weeks. And then everything else is gravy. And so we want to make sure that they understand that that initial investment is going to set the tone for how their short-term rental goes. You know, I also see a lot of people making these critical mistakes, which is overcrowding an Airbnb uh, or a a short-term rental, buying too many things, making it cluttered, over-decorating. And so it really doesn't have to be like that. So it's really getting them to understand and scale for what we're trying to achieve clean, uncluttered spaces that invite people in, that make them feel welcome and at ease. And you know what? When I travel and when you travel, we don't travel because we want to be at home. I don't want to be living in my my stuff everywhere and, you know, my things. I want to go someplace that's going to make me feel comfortable and relaxed. And so we try to create that space. We try to create a space that's inviting and welcoming and makes you feel at home, but also makes you feel like you're on vacation and you're being taken care of and pampered and it's clean and it's uncluttered and relaxing. So those are all psychological pieces that fit in that pie, you know? Yeah. And then so for your typical staging for Airbnbs, for $5,000, what does that include usually? So Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's like all the furniture and stuff, but like how detailed do you go into, you know, like tea towels and jam and tea and all this stuff? Detailed. So I've got it down to a science now, and I can literally do a two to three bedroom space. And we're talking mostly lofts, condos, apartments, small houses, anything that's three bedroom, two bathroom, I can do for 5000 And that's everything from your linens, your furniture, your bedding, your decor, your art, your towels, your tea towels, your washcloths, just all the personal amenities. We do the shampoo holders. We do the sanitary bag holders. We do all of your coffee, your tea, your coffee maker. All of that is, I have it down. I've, I've learned how to do this very well on a budget for sure. That's really exciting, actually. I think it's such a great service where a host can come and just be like, look, Carrie, I just need you to help me do this. Here's some money. And then it's all done. They don't have to worry. It's ready to go. And then they can immediately put it on the market, make sure they have good photos and start making money back. I think that's incredible. And that's part of our package as well. So for example, a new host starting out, they have no idea what mattress is the most comfortable they're going to go out and they're going to spend $1,000 or $1,200 to try and find a comfortable mattress because they know that that's key in a short-term rental. Where I'm going to go out and I'm going to spend $400 on that same mattress without any research because I already know from numerous staging short-term rental, I know what works and what doesn't. So it saves the client time. It saves the money And we get them what they need right from the very beginning, right from the start. And then the photos, you talked a bit about photos. That's included in all of our packages too. We don't do any staging project at all without doing the photos after. So we supply the photographer actually. And you know how important that is. That's the key. That's one of the top things for short-term rental or any staging for that matter. I can do all the design, but if you don't market it properly with great photography, it's not going to do well. So we provide that as part of our package. That's amazing. That's a great package. My God, they got everything. Mm-hmm. Basically, essentially, they just need to upload the photos, write the description, and boom, it's done. And we'll even do that for them too, if they don't know how. 
Are you serious? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, we've, we've wow. helped several. That's a really, actually, that's a really good investment for $5,000. I mean, that is a really incredible package, like including photography as well. I just think that Airbnb, a lot of times I can see on the sites, like why some listings don't do very well is because A, the photos look really bad. Like it's usually shot on like an iPhone or something. It's really dark. Also, a lot of times like the colors are really strong. You know, some people have really dark bedding or really dark red bedding. I don't mm-hmm. know. A lot of guys have these like dark blue bedding. It just looks like a dude's like college dorm room and no one wants to sleep in that. <laughs> right. Um, right. except college dudes, but, but yeah, I mean, most of the time, I think people do want the more designy kind of look and even Airbnb. Now they have like the elite tier where it's the really designed Airbnb interior that got verified. Exactly. So. Yeah. Part of our staging packages, we try to keep everything light and bright. So one of the things that we've learned over the course of several years of staging short-term rentals is, you know, what works, what makes people feel comfortable, what makes them perceive the space as cleaner, bigger, brighter. And it's all very similar to staging for sale or for real estate. So we usually use white bedding, almost always use white bedding. And then if the host really wants to use some pops of color, we'll use that in throws, in pillows, in art, and change the decor that way. And I also explain to them that gives you longevity because a short-term rental can get stale fairly quickly. You know, a lot of people will see it. It'll be on whatever platform you're on and then it'll run its course. So you don't want to have to go in and change the entire place. That's costly and it's not cost effective. So if you're keeping everything neutral and you're keeping it light and bright, we can go in and we can change up pillows. We can change up throws. We can put up a new piece of art and still keep the bones there. And it's a lot less money to refresh. So I love that. I think if the foundation is good, it's just like makeup, right? If the foundation works, you just need to change the eyeshadow or like change the blush or change the lipstick color. So it's so much easier. And a white bed is much easier to maintain as well, because you can just throw in the wash, essentially bleach, bleach everything. You know, yes, with other color bedding, you really don't have the freedom like that. And white beddings are so much easier to source as well, right? So it sounds like you get everything from them, including like pillow inserts, mattress, everything. Everything. How long did it take for you to figure out your sourcing on your end? There was a lot of work, a lot of trial and error. I mean, I originally started out with a less expensive or a more economical brand of linens, for example, but I found the longevity wasn't there. They wore out quickly. They were thin. They started getting rips from washing every couple of days because every guest you're constantly doing all these linens and towels. And so it took me about a year to really get that list to where it is today. And now I've got my tried and true. I know what I want, where to get it, for how much, when I can buy it in bulk. We offer little shaving kits and I've got that down to a science now too, where I buy them now by the 500 instead of 50. So that really makes a big difference because you can save that and that's going to last you a couple of years, but it's going to save you a lot of money. So that list took about a year to to really figure out and really understand how to find pieces that were going to stand the test of time, but still be economical and still look great. That's amazing. I think that you really have it down to a system. So now it's just really smooth selling. You already had this formula, just keep going. 
Yes. And I think the biggest thing for me is hearing other hosts when you learn that they're doing really well out of the gate and they're so appreciative because it's unexpected. You know, they don't know what they're getting into. It's a new adventure and you're trying to navigate the process. And so when you can help them start achieving right off, right out of the gate, and they're getting five-star reviews and people are raving about the bedding or how comfortable it was or the amenities they provided, that's really special. I like that. So how long have you been staging rental homes now? Vacation homes, about three and a half years. And do you see your volume keeps going up as well? Yes, yes. It's growing so fast, India. You would not believe it. The market, even here, just in Pittsburgh, and now obviously do e-consultation. I belong to many groups for short-term rental hosts. So that's how I market myself. I get out there and put myself out there and share my listings and talk a little bit about my staging and my business and share my website. That's helped me to gain clients along the way. Here in the Pittsburgh market, we had probably doubled in one year the amount of Airbnbs. And then when COVID hit, a lot of people dropped out or went to long-term rental and started selling off their stuff. So I started sourcing some more things for my own staging. But yes, it's growing and it's not going to stop. I think people appreciate the ability to stay in a much larger space, usually more luxurious than, say, a basic hotel room. I'll give you an example of that. One of my spaces is 1,300 square feet, two bedroom, two bathroom. We've got the shower has uh, dual heads on either side so that two people can shower at the same time. And it's just a nice luxury space. People know the value of staying in something like that. They're never going to be able to afford that in a hotel or if they can afford it. You know, most people would prefer to pay less. I would. I want 1,300 square feet of luxury space for a fraction of what I would pay for that in a hotel. So it's a growing market. I think that's amazing. It's like when we travel, sometimes we do road trips. Me and my parents, my sister and our dog. And it's so much nicer if you're at an Airbnb than you can cook as a family. Not right. like a hotel room where you always have to eat takeouts or eat outside. It just doesn't feel like a home where Airbnb, you just feel very relaxed. You know, you go in, take your bra off. And like, you're just, you're family, you know, like, that's a good thing. It's like first thing, like drop the luggage and then cook, take a bath, all that good yeah. stuff. So, And that's, that's another good point. But even in our bathrooms, we offer bath bombs and makeup wipes and all of these things that make your stay feel more luxurious, but still make it feel like you're at home. I've never mm-hmm. stayed at Airbnb with a bath bomb. Amazing. Oh yeah, we offer bath bombs. We put out three individually wrapped bath bombs for every get, for every stay. Wow, those lucky guests! Oh my gosh, <laughs> you'll have to come stay with us. I know. Once well, once COVID's over, definitely. I had a period of time in March and April where we were receiving a lot of cancellations. Like I had 66 cancellations in six weeks, 65 cancellations in six weeks. But what I'm finding now is last month I had the best month I've ever had because people are more inclined to stay in a private space right now than they are in a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. A hotel, I mean, I think the foot traffic is so high, you know, and you never know because you always see those like, I don't know, nightline expose about yeah, properly print. The, they don't probably clean the hotel room. They don't change your bedding. And with Airbnb, you do feel a bit better, you know, it's more cozy for sure. So how do you determine for the property what demographic is the renter? So 
There's a couple of ways that we do that. The first is location. Where is it located? Is it located downtown? What's the walkability like? Are people going to be walking to restaurants and bars? Are they going to walk to entertainment? Is it near the stadiums? Are we going to attract the football crowd or the baseball crowd? So you really have to think about placement. Where is the location? And then the next thing I do is, okay, well, in what type of building is it? Is it a walk-up? For example, is it a three-story walk-up? I'm probably not going to get a lot of seniors. So that means I'm going to have a younger crowd. Is it going to be a high-end? Is it going to be over $150 a night? Because then it's going to be for usually the 30-plus crowd. Is it going to be under $100 a night? Then it's probably going to be the 30 and under crowd. So there's a couple of things that if it's on the south side of Pittsburgh near Carson Street where all the bars are and it's an $80 or $75 a night rental, I know it's attracting the 21-year-olds or the 25-year-olds. So you're really staging for that guest. As an example, where I'm located, a couple of my units are right on the North Shore of Pittsburgh. So I have a large and varied demographic. I'm right in the heart of walking distance to both stadiums, baseball and football. I'm directly across the street from the aviary, the Children's Museum, also another very popular museum here in Pittsburgh. So I get the art crowd. I get the families. It's directly across the street from a park. So I kind of know who I'm decorating for and what I need to put in that space. So I have two units in the same building and one is more geared for the people coming in who are probably going to attend a Steelers game or a Pirates game. It's a little less money, a little less fancy. It's more, if the guys are coming in, I'll get a lot of like three, four guys will stay there. And then the other one is a little more high-end. It's a higher price. It's more luxurious. And I get a lot of couples. I get a lot of wedding couples because there's a park directly across the street where people take beautiful pictures for their wedding. So even guests that are living in town will rent our space so that they can get ready there for their wedding, spend their wedding night there, get their pictures done across the street. So I know who's coming. I know how to figure out who's going to be using this space. That's amazing. What what would you say are some of the most challenging part of staging vacation rental? Getting people, definitely getting the hosts or the client to understand the initial investment. That's the first thing. The second thing is trying to get them to step away from it and their personal side of it, because a lot of people think that they're designers or their stagers. And the way that you referenced makeup earlier, the way that I reference that is, it's like putting your home on the market for sale. It's the same kind of thing. What you feel is comfortable, what you feel is going to make somebody else feel good, there's a big variance there. So like, When you're going to get married, you you probably do your makeup great every day of the week, seven days a week or whatever, however often you wear makeup and every year and you look great, right? But when you're going to get married, are you going to do your own makeup or are you going to hire a makeup artist to hire a professional? Because that's the one time, those pictures are the one time that's going to make or break your business. So trying to help people to understand that it's their personal feelings about the space have to be separated from the marketing aspect is a bit challenging. Like I'll get somebody that says, oh, but I have a chair that we can use. And I'm like, yeah, but that yellow plaid chair 
doesn't go in the space and it doesn't make people feel comfortable. So those are those are difficult things. But usually I can walk them through that and pictures go a long way. So I'll show them. I'll bring up a couple of different sets of photographs and say, which place makes you feel more inclined to stay? Does it look cleaner, larger? And those kinds of things. So that that helps. I agree with that. I think it's really hard sometimes to get them out of their headspace and you just literally have to show them the photos. Like how would that look if we were put right. this in this space right now versus if we just come in and do the whole package that we wanted to do, it's going to be a different feeling that we're going to try to convey. And we have to explain to them, listen, I can do it the way that you like, but if you're starting out and you start out on the wrong foot, it's much harder to fix the problem after. But if you start out doing it right the first time, you don't have to face those challenges. So a lot of times they'll eventually trust you. I think key too is the fact that I am a host. And so I can show them reviews, what people say, and show them what they can expect. And fortunately, I've, I've been very fortunate and I haven't gotten any negative reviews, but let's say you did. So I can pull up another listing and I can show them, okay, well, look at this place, the poor pictures, poor design, it doesn't look clean, it's cluttered, and look what people are saying about it. So then you can convey that to the client and help them move in the right direction. Yeah. And then do you offer refresh service as well? Because they bought stuff from you. For example, bedding. Say it's been two years, they need to change it. Do they come back to you and say, hey, can we just order this stuff from you and all that? I actually give them the information to order themselves. That's what I've done in the past. I think that going forward as the business grows, I might offer that. But I really like to focus my energy on launching them and getting them started and just helping them be successful and recuperate their investment. So I haven't really focused on the refresh portion of it. Again, I've only you know, been doing this for about three and a half years with the focus on vacation rentals. So typically it's about 24 months where you start needing to do that refresh. So I haven't personally offered that service right now. You got workflow for your team member. I think essentially you can just train an assistant to follow up on the refresh. That's a great idea. And also, because I also work in photography and a friend of mine is a portrait photographer. And I think what is really clever that she does So you can book, obviously, like a one-on-one portrait session for your business branding. But you can also do a year-long subscription where she comes in every season and refreshes your brand look. So, you know, you can have different outfits, like different prop, and then different like hotel spaces, you know, like all this stuff. And I thought that's really clever. And I think one of the things with Airbnb hosts is that they might get addicted to having Airbnbs because that business model can be very lucrative. They might want to come back and then say, hey, I got another property. So I think having some sort of connection or excuse to call them up, just to remind them that, hey, I'm still here. Like, do you need to? I love it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. The one thing that has stopped me from doing that, and not really that per se, but I might just I might just have to borrow that, Cindy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right? I'm I about you making money. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, the one thing that I will say that I have been cautious about doing that is because when it's a vacation rental, your space has to look exactly as advertised. So when somebody comes in and they saw in the pictures, you had that free blue pillow or white fluffy chair and they come there and it's not there they complain that it doesn't look like the pictures. So we're really cautious if we're going to present something, we want it to look exactly like the pictures. So unless we're refreshing the pictures as we're refreshing the design or the staging, 
I've been kind of, you know, trying to keep it as, and I've advised clients, keep it exactly like if if something gets broken, replace it with the same item. Otherwise, you're going to have to redo those photos. I think package is really attractive, especially when you offer different levels. And I think if you have a refresh package, people will feel very compelled because it's not like they need to reshoot the entire thing, you know? And also, like you said, listing does get tired. So they might need a little photo refresh as well. And keeping you relevant with the clients, I guess, too. Like, yeah, uh, you know, that's also really important is, you know, having you keep engaged and, and like you said, a reason to call back and check in and let them know that you're there for them. I like that. That's a great yeah. idea. It's actually, I've stayed at the same Airbnb before, but like maybe a year or two years apart. And then it's funny because when you chat with the host, they're like, oh yeah, I just got another property. You know, like they know it works and they've done it the first time. So they're like, well, we can just replicate that model and then do right. somewhere else. So, yeah. Yeah. And especially now it's COVID. I think everyone is like, can I talk to someone? <laughs> it's a perfect time to call up old clients and be like, hey, how's it going? Like, is there anything I can help you with? That's very true. It's uh, really turned into a, a consultation market right now. A lot of people are uncomfortable showing their space. A lot of people are uncomfortable. There's no, you know, open houses aren't happening. A lot of people are leaning on virtuals and uh, virtual walkthroughs, 3D modeling and yeah. photographs. I mean, right now it's a, it's a totally different environment. So that's a great conversation starter. And for people who are, I may have to lean out and check my boards and see what the, you know, the other hosts are thinking and see if anybody's looking for refresh services right now, especially while things are busy in the market. There could be some hosts that are not doing as well that could use that service. So that's something to, to, think to grow on. Yeah. And the other like thing it. too is that I'm sure you've seen a lot of mistakes when people do it themselves. And you can even be on the platform and message that host and be like, hey, I see there's a few tweaks you can just change and probably will up your booking rate. Would you Absolutely. have a consultation or something like that? I think that would be really nice for you as well. Absolutely. And that's a great way to gain clients. I've seen hosts talk about wanting to shut down because they haven't had great success. I'll reach out to them and I'll in a private message and I'll just explain to them, listen, we can revamp this whole listing and you can start from scratch. But that requires changing the name of your product. That requires changing your advertising on the platform. That requires taking down all these photos, refreshing and putting up new photos. And some are interested, some are not. Some some people just find the whole process of Airbnb or vacation rentals, VROBs, too much work. I don't think they're work at all, but you know, I I think it's it's a pleasure to be in the hospitality industry. And to me, it's a side thing. I mean, I have two full-time businesses. So that's just a part-time thing for me that generates a fantastic income. And it makes me feel good because I know that I can supply great stays and host people from all over the world. I love it. Yeah. And you already nail it down to a system. So that's really nice that you can just basically rinse and repeat and then help your host as well. I think that's a a really great differentiator and what makes you so good at it. Thank you. And what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen when people put their listings on the market? I mean, for Mm -hmm. vacation rental. The number one is taking their own photos. (laughs) 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 I can't tell you how bad that, that's my biggest pet peeve. I don't want to see how you walk through your house with half your lights on and took 
pictures of your space and posted them on the platform as your marketing. That is just, that is probably the biggest mistake I think that somebody can make. The second, and I guess the second is over clutter, just over decorating. People try so hard. They'll have books and toys and knickknacks and accessories and way too much art and just too much furniture. And there's just too much stuff, you know? So we try to get them to scale it back. That's great. And then what are some of the advice that you may have for homestagers who want to get into rental homestaging? So I have three, really. There are three things that I think that are key. The first thing is getting to know and understand who's going to be staying in the space. That's ultimately, that's one of the most important things. And once you know that, you're going to design, obviously, for that or stage for that person or for that demographic. The second is light and bright. Keep things airy. Keep things bright because that makes them feel relaxed and it it evokes thoughts of cleanliness and decluttering a space makes them feel more relaxed. So those are, you know, look at the psychology behind it. And then the third thing is looking at what the host is trying to achieve, because I always try to tell the hosts that are interested in just maybe, you know, doing a a basic space to try and elevate a little bit, try and set them apart. And photographs encourage every single client to get professional photographs. Those are my go-tos. Those are the top things that I would tell every stager to share with their short-term rental hosts. I love that. And I just have a quick follow-up question. So when you say things that can elevate their listings, what some of the things may be? Mm -hmm. Things that I add, of course, would be the makeup wipes, the black makeup towels, because nobody wants to have to change out their towels every week because of mascara. Um, little things like bathrobes and slippers. If I'm doing a high-end unit, if, if a unit's going to cost me more or cost a, a client more than $150 in, a night, or if it's a luxury place, I like to put little amenities that make them feel like it's luxurious. So for example, I use shaving kits, um, little, little box shaving kits, individual shaving kits, bath bombs. The Keurig coffee maker goes in all the units. Those are, you know, little things that elevate the space instead of a basic coffee maker. We also include little shampoos, individually boxed custom soaps. And I have somebody that actually will produce those for a very reasonable price. So it's about a dollar a piece. So if you're renting a space for $150 a night, and it costs you a dollar to put a custom made artisan soap in there, you know, that makes somebody feel like the space is elevated. If a guest is staying more than two nights, there's a obviously a dollar value to that. So we include a bottle of wine and a couple of glasses or we'll, you know, if they're coming in, we're, we leave Perrier, a couple of bottles just to get them started. So there's little things that elevate the space and they're staging tools that will help somebody feel like they're getting more for their money. I love that. I love everything you said today. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you so much for being on the show today because it's it's really amazing for you to share the secrets of your success. And it's really great to hear that it's going on so well for you. Thank you. I love this industry, mostly because people do lift each other up constantly. I mean, it's a really supportive industry where people like you are are helping me and, and I'm helping somebody else. And it's I love that about design and staging. That's really one of the most valuable things I think about the industry. So thank you for having me. Thank you. 
So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help and support the show, there are three ways to do so. You can leave a review and rating on iTunes. You can share the show on social media, or you can donate to support the maintaining costs for the podcast. You can make a donation through the show notes or on the sidebar of our site. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do so. This will help us grow the show and book more guests. If you have any questions, feedback, and suggestions, you can comment on the show notes. You can also find the show notes by going to stagemore.com slash podcast. That's it. Have a fantastic week and happy staging.